will fix you. Hello and welcome to We Will Fix You. We record this, as is mandated by bylaw, upon the first day of true spring. This year's featured votive rite is, of course, the Sirencester Conclave of Limp Apologies. So we gather to offer up these our indifferent mayor culpas. Mr. Convery. I would like to apologise for failing to prepare an apology in advance. Appropriately limp. That, of course, was Mr. Dave Convery, our mall Satan. Lucy. I'm sorry about me, but not enough to have killed myself yet. Hmm. I'm not sure that's limp enough. It's almost turgid. That, of course, was Ms. Lucy Boys, keeper of the sacred flame and the immortal bath mat. I, Roger, am sorry for a factual error on last week's show in which I insisted that the clothing retailer High and Mighty had demised. This was a result of a rogue quantum fluctuation. It simply did not exist in my frame at the time. I am, as ever, Roger Hart, partly emulsified and loving it. You know, we can, we can add some extra margarine in if you want to completely re-emulsify yourself. Oh, I might. We this evening will be fixing you. And if you would like to be fixed, you can contact us at wewillfixyoushow at gmail.com. Today's question comes. Dear Fix Wizards, I have a problem. I visit some websites. I visit them when I am alone when I know I shouldn't, when I am weak. I want the articles, the productivity articles. Get more done with five habits of startup founders. Three ways to find flow. How an office plant could make you happier. In the beginning, it was an occasional visit to Lifehacker. At the time, I was an embattled lab monkey and was seduced by the promise of quick fixes to a crushing workload and a lifelong battle with procrastination. But before long, the listicles by pale Silicon Valley sacks of privilege consumed my RSS feeds. Reading articles on productivity became an excuse for not working. I became reliant on the fact that I could feel good about my procrastination because now it was spent wanting to do more work. I have cradled and nurtured this shame for 10 years, and I am no more a Buddha of focus, a guru of work-life balance, or a managerial master than I was a decade ago. Fix me. Yours, lost in life hacks. Now, Ms. Boys. I mean, I want to take issue with um, one of the sentences from the question talking about a lifelong battle with procrastination. Procrastination is the man's idea. Who are you to say that you shouldn't just be dicking around all the time? I just want to, just want to throw that one out there. But that's, that's, you know, not the meat of my real advice. If you're going to be a... Uh... You know, as the, the sack of fungible productivity meat that capitalism requires. Mm. A certain amount of dicking around is tolerated, but the large part of it you're expected to do on your own damn time when no one's paying you. Yes. Yes. It's unfortunate, but don't get it into your mind that you are what's wrong here. No. Um, but I think also you've, you've, you've taken the first step, which is to admit that you're an addict, but... You know, people, uh, we've had various studies on kind of abstinence-only approaches in recent years, and cold turkey can be a cruel mistress. What I want to propose is that it's possible to ease yourself out of the hole that you're in by having one last long lean on the old crutch. We're going to WikiHow, and we're going to read how to break a habit. Step one, 
Set a goal, like stopping reading pointless listicles about self-improvement. That's a concrete goal. You have to change your thinking in order to you know, achieve this goal. And at this point, it's good to be fully committed and certain that you want to proceed. If you are not certain, you should continue to sink more of your finite lifespan into these pointless listicles. Just make sure you're thinking about what you're actually committing to when you make this choice. Step two, understand your habits reward cycle. Your brain feels rewarded when you read about improving yourself because it feels like the act of doing so is inherently self-improving even if it does not actually trigger real behavioral change. I wanna posit here that your brain is kind of a doofus in this case and that you should stop reinforcing that reward circuit. Every time you get your fix, use negative conditioning to further break the habit. You know, when your spine is shivering with self-improvement, think to yourself, I am a fool who would settle for this measly reward. Hit yourself on the hand with a hammer. This, yeah. Shut your dick in a car door. Precisely. Make it feel bad. Just, and remember, this is the popcorn of the mind. Do not let your brain trick you into thinking you've been nourished while you're consuming it. It's empty. Step three is to understand your triggers. What is the kind of situation and emotional context for the behavior? Is it boredom or procrastination? If that is the case, it is time for your old friend negative conditioning to come out again. Oh, I'm such a loser. I can't even find a better way to assuage my own boredom than reading these shitty listicles. Oh, look at me. You know, you want, you want some of that going on. Just make, rub your nose in your own poop. But also, I mean, think about it. You are trying to fix your boredom by doing something that's fundamentally extremely boring. You could be playing video games. Just think about it. This is true, even, even the sort of satisfyingly boring ones. Yes. Yes, you could be doing cross-stitch world. Or fucking shit up in Diablo. Precisely. We've got a blog post about this. You can read it. Once you're, you know, really absolutely sick of this fucking stupid habit, you've got to bear in mind that you're also human and fallible, and so you need to make a plan that also has a lot of kind of elasticity for failure built into it. You know, you, you will fuck up and... You, the classic model of, oh, I've blown the diet, so today I'm eating ice cream sundaes for the rest of the day, and I can continue doing that until next week because these arbitrary starting points are extremely important. You know, don't fall into that trap. You need clear specific plans to help you break down the unwanted behavior and either avoid it or get back on track if you engage with it. And doing that will make it more likely for you to succeed, according to good people at WikiHow. It should also include plans to keep yourself accountable. So you know, check in with somebody else who can help you with your problem if you're willing to admit to it to another human. They can prize your dick out of the car door as well. Yeah, exactly. You've got a little scraper. Else you've got to call the RAC and that's just embarrassing. It is embarrassing. They've got a separate hotline for the dick thing. Yeah, also, they've also got a scraper. It's much bigger and more painful. There though. is a chance that the, the blood will have shorted out your phone at that point. Yeah, your premiums go up to every third dick trapping incident. Yeah. Not a good scene. And another important thing, I mean, you're trying to you're trying to unfuck your brain's reward cycle here. So how can you add positive rewards in when you succeed in avoiding the behavior? You know, you could, for instance, reward yourself by just fucking living imperfectly for half an hour and seeing that nothing bad happens as a result of it. Um, also, you know, feedback from others can help keep you honest. If you want to pay me, I will come around to your house and just say, no, sometimes. If you look like you need it, that's an option. My rates are extremely reasonable. For a much lower rate, I'll just sample that and you can set it as your ringtone. Call me. Thanks, Dave. Capitalism works. 
And then step five is to visualize your own success. So imagine yourself sitting in your house, not reading these fucking stupid articles. Feel the unimprovedness, the satisfaction of not being perfectible. Feel it dripping all over you and revel in it like a blanket that has been stamped with the word freedom. A huge smothering freedom. Yes, the smothering freedom blanket of your own shitty life that you can't actually fix. And if that fails, a fucking Google selective website blocker and find a free tool that will stop you from being able to access this content. My God. So essentially you've gone to the soul of the, um, the Japanese concept of, of wabi-sabi and mm. embracing a perfectly constituted thing for all of its imperfections. Yes. And Delicious. Googling, being able to Google. Splendid. Mr. Conquery. I've taken an approach that overlaps certainly but you know the the sort of the idea of as a child you've you've been caught smoking and the stern parent makes you smoke the entire pack it was delicious i'm gonna demand that you perform all of the life hacks now i'm not gonna say that you should you should just start you know you know you you don't have to run before you can walk but that first day, that first day of doing all of the life hacks, you're going to start yourself off with a nice cup of, of bulletproof coffee, which... Warm clown blood. ...is just coffee with extremely overpriced butter stirred into it. Thankfully, there's a website from the inventor of bulletproof coffee that will not only explain to you why this is an excellent productivity tool, it will also uh, sell you everything you need to make bulletproof coffee. And because it's a Silicon Valley invention and everything is slightly science-based, at least three people have said it made them feel slightly better. So, that's good. Stir butter into your coffee and drink that. Tibetan people have been drinking butter in their tea for centuries and they're not known for being massively productive. They're not overachievers, are they? No. Not their fault. I mean, they don't have a lot to work with. They've mostly got rocks, salt, yep. goats, and the Chinese army. So... That's not really working for them. It's a resource that they have to hand. Alongside in ample quantities. Possibly for containment purposes. So you've had your, your cup of really disgusting coffee, and you're energised, and you're waiting to face the day. Next thing you do, first thing that annoys you that day, make a note of it. That night... Find the life hack that fixes it. Do it. That's that thing fixed. Next day, what annoys you? Write it down. Do a life hack. And so on and so on and so on until nothing that you're doing is not processed through someone else's over-engineered, utterly ludicrous productivity tip. And at the point where you find yourself stacking bagels onto an old CD spindle and popping the case on to keep them fresh as though the fucking bag was not good enough in the first place. Didn't have a rod down the middle of it, did it? That's when you'll just snap. Either at that point you'll consider yourself to be a productivity god and you will have a lot more free time because you will have alienated everybody that you know uh, or you will have an absolute nervous breakdown. You can also put toilet rolls on at the same time as the bagels to save time in the morning. I'd, I'd, I'd like to throw in a bonus tip if we're kind of helping optimise, which is that after your, your morning shower, which, which should be 
ice cold, to sharpen mm-hmm. you up. Um, you should dry yourself entirely using a single paper towel, like the guy from the TED Talk. Yes, shake your whole body for 20 minutes and you will dry with just one towel. It's amazing. And of course, uh, in classic life hack fashion, before that shower, you should liberal, liberally urinate into your shower. Because it saves time and it saves water. Or possibly into, into a bottle. There's a lot of god-awful people that advocate drinking your own piss. So after you have reached productivity nirvana, or more likely had a complete fucking breakdown after alienating your friends and driving your family away, there's probably a light-hearted book to be had out of it. And I think if you, if you want to do that, again, call me. Uh, I've, I've got some writing tips. Delightful. I'm going to kind of fuse some of those. I think we're, we're kind of converging on mm, a sort of... Uh, strong alignment. ...on some self-management here. Interesting that you mentioned the book. So the non-pathological version of that, the not-going-crazy version, is a book that already exists. It's called uh, The Productivity Project by a guy called Chris Bailey. And um, it's loosely based from his blog, A Life of Productivity or A World of Productivity, one of the two. We I think it was originally a year of productivity and then it became a life of productivity. Damn, that escalated fast. Really did. Yeah, yeah. that feels like a cautionary tale. And what, what he did was he ran a series of experiments, I think it was 100 experiments over the course of a year, basically implementing these life hacks and tips and what have you, and wrote a lighthearted book about it. And some of them did have a sort of huge impact. So there were things like being a total slob for a week, only having five hours sleep, um, being super neat. So he experimented with all of the variants, using the getting things done methodology, being an absolute slave to your smartphone versus cutting it out of your life, not replying to email, replying to all the email. He, mm. he, he, he tested a lot of these. I would, I would generally recommend having a look if you just want sort of the best of the life hacks. If, you're, if the solution to extricate yourself from this problem is just to cherry pick the best of them, then this is, this is a really good place to start, and it's quite an entertaining book. Is he mentioning any of the, the urine-based ones? No, it, it's not especially piss-centric. I don't think we can rule those out at this early stage. No. This is just one book. It's not a huge data point. No, no. There's, there's, there's space for a little more uh, a little more micturation, I think, in the mix. The pages are crinkly, though, like it's been wet at least once before, mm-hmm. so take that as you will. But what I found really interesting was skimming through it, that... The, his verdict on it, he, he has this post in which he talks about the ten lessons he took away, basically. Um, I think they're actually quite... It, it sounds like life hack guru bullshit, the whole thing, but this is someone who actually tried it and came out with a pretty proportionate response. And these are ten tips that are willfully boring, basically. They're ten summaries of how this shit goes down and how it works that I think are actually okay as an approach for general problem solving in your life. And I'm not going to read these word for word because they're long paragraphy things, but the gist of the ten is, um, the first one is, is find your highest leverage tasks, which sounds like bollocks, but what that actually means is work out where to spend the effort to get the best reward. Mm-hmm. Where, there's no point in micro-optimizing everything in your life. Where can you apply the most leverage? Where are you adding value? Well, sadly, yes. Um, there's, there's sort of a three-in-one illusion of eat, sleep and exercise. Basically, the most boring productivity. He says the, the most boring productivity tips he was ever given were also the most fundamental. Make sure you sleep right. Make sure you eat right. Make sure you get the right amount of exercise for you. Um, look after yourself. Basically, most of this is about self-care. Um, question blanket productivity advice is another one, which is to say that everything's going to be variable. Nothing's going to. It's a lot less sexy though than just yeah. do these ten things and your life will be fixed. This is why I kind of found myself bagel on that motherfucking spindle right fucking now. Get it in the toilet. I've, I've got a bulldog clip for my headphone thingy. It makes me feel amazing. And my scrotum at the same time. 
I can I can I can store my earbuds down by my dingus. It's great. Mm-hmm. So you want another um, ears? Try to bake shit into habits. So habit forming. Mm-hmm. You you went habit breaking breaking. But once you identify the most productive things, um, actually working them into habit. Yeah. Managing your time, energy, and attention. Fair dues. Um, there is no single, this, this one I like, the, 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 there is no single overarching secret, but there's a giant box of situationally appropriate tactics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is no one strategy, but tactics abound. Get good at picking the little things. Don't overwork. Know why you're trying to do these things. Having a goal, it all ties together, really. A, a big thing on self-care. And the thing at the end is basically be aware of the difference between quality and quantity. Being more productive in terms of raw numbers is not getting the right shit done. Effectively, watch out for vanity metrics, is mm-hmm. what he comes away saying. And he shares a bunch of tips in the book, and this is great, but that, that kind of summary of, it all basically boils down to ask why you're doing this, be a bit sceptical of tips, and work out what you're actually trying to get done, and look after yourself while you're doing it. And this is why I like um, OKRs, Objectives and Key mm. Results, as a metric sort of structure, because it builds what and why in before it starts talking about what you're measuring, and those so often just get kind of elided into the assumption stage. I fucking love OKRs. I know they feel a bit value-wank. This is only part of the story, right? So yes, we know that you could write all these off in favor of taking someone else's pre-road-tested productivity tips. You could do all this. You could read the productivity project. It's only part of the story. Deep down, you know there's no fix. You know that you can pick and mix your tips, but that it's all hard work. You know this. The problem is that you're still jonesing for your hacker-wank fix. You're getting all foamy to feel like the Elon Musk that Elon Musk wishes he saw in the mirror. That's what you want, isn't it? Yeah. Now, we need to get you off that. And we're going to get you off that with aversion therapy. A little bit like the dick in the car door, but I want to go a bit more visceral. Classic aversion therapy, the kind of deeply discredited, you know, psychological torture essentially practiced in the 40s and 50s, would involve use of heavy emetics. Mm. So one of the things that was often practiced as an early form of effectively gay conversion therapy was showing people a bunch of porn and then making them violently sick. And I, I was just, I was thinking... That of all the ways to have a number done on your sexuality, my yeah, God. I don't really want, like, a, like a vomit kink is not... That's, that's all that's going to come out of that is kind of puke kink. As somebody who spent a lot of today feeling like throwing up, it's not a good scene. It's not conducive to sexy times. No. And so maybe it works as um, as aversion therapy. So I, my, my suggestion is to, to combine the, these aspects effectively. Do the self-care, looking after it, understanding your productivity tips, fine. Cherry-pick the good bits. But we need to get you off chasing your fix. So every time you catch yourself reading a productivity tip and feeling good about it, you're going to have to do something violently sickening. And to underscore this, to really kind of bake it into the Silicon Valley privilege bubble, to make you feel like you're a, a proper like privileged toss sponge, what you're going to do is every time you catch yourself reading a product you did, you're going to neck a pint of Soylent. Full pint, no half measures, you're going to do a pint of Soylent every time you go for your fix. Like liquid concrete in your tract. Pretty much. It'll, it'll make you shit in ways that you thought the human body could never possibly imagine. It'll make you violently unwell, but you're, you're, and on, on your first day, you're probably going to be up to about eight or nine pints of Soylent, I think. Which, it's, it's, I'm not claiming this is good, this is designed to generally disgust you. You're going to come out of this pudgy and revolted, is what you're saying. Yeah, and I think you Gassy. need to, it's a lot of nutrition. Work in a few of the other kind of value wank tips. So, in order to fit enough soylent into your day to probably disgust you, you are, of course, obviously going to have to get up at about 5 a.m. You're going to have to follow a lot of the other life sort of life modifying tips. But fundamentally, yeah. 
You kind of find yourself reaching for that click, you're going for the mouse, you're going to life hack a pint of Soylent! And I am pretty sure that in, ooh, a day, two days, you can be over this. If we don't happen to have that much Soylent to hand, could we go retro as the hipsters enjoy and just do shots of Ipecac? Yeah, probably. Yeah? It's an option. It is an option. I'm Most people don't have Ipecac to hand either. No, but I imagine it's one of the things we're going to rediscover from about 150 years ago in the sort of general theme of doing that ongoing in the way well, that fashions come and go and rebound. The thing is, we're in 90s nostalgia now. 90s nostalgia is on the table for the kind of... for our generation of god-awful hipsters. And... Soylent is basically Slimfast, which is probably the most 90s thing ever. Yes. Just rebranded with a different set of gender bollocks. So I think that would be... I think we're going to see a, probably a, like a retro Slimfast revival among the tech bros. Just ironically drinking 90s misogynistic body shaming. What a fun time. Mm. And you could do that too. You could also eat those um, Silicon Valley locust crisps. Um, just to eat those while looking at macro photography of grasshopper mouth parts. Such protein. Yeah. Such horror. Yeah, yeah you're, you're not really going to want to eat or do anything ever again after that. You said go hard. Yeah. You no, I, I think I think this is pretty fixed, right? Well, yeah, if yeah, he does no. that, he's fixed in many ways. May, may not be more productive, but certainly cured of this. So what we have is one suggestion of install a content blocker and three suggestions of massive acts of self-harm. So you pick one of those, basically. It's pretty much our formula at this point, isn't it? Nothing if not on brand. And with that, that wonderful advice that may well viscerally medically damage you, we will leave you. If anyone else would like such quality fixing, they can, of course, write to us at wewillfixyoushow at gmail.com. Ta-ta for now.